five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're still uh, we'll, we're still in port today. Just uh, taking it easy here with the the leeward winds blowing in from the west. We just had our little morning espresso on the beach. The distant cry of tropical birds whose name I don't even know, nor can identify. Still ringing beautifully, mellifluously in my ears. Anyway, uh, it's me, Robert Phoenix. I'm back, and you are here on 15 Minutes of Flame. Welcome to the show. If you're listening on the uh, podcast side of things, welcome as well. You can always join us here on uh, 15 Minutes of Flame. That's 15 Minutes, O-V, flame.com where you can uh, see the visuals and hang out with Chataria, the coolest chat group on the internets. And I say that, but I know there's some really good chat groups out there. Don't get me wrong. Oh, the basket cases. Can you hear them? Like, you can always come out here. You can always come out here. He knows what I'm doing. Um, <clears throat> what's his name? Dark journalist. I always forget his name. Jamie. Isn't his name Jamie? He has a pretty uh, pretty robust chat group. A little bit crossover every now and then. Right. But um, there's some other groups. But Chataria. Do you know why Chattari is so good? Because they care. They care. You miss one day and people are going, okay, we're so-and-so. Not in a weird, creepy way, right? It's not in a weird, creepy way. It's kind of like when you you go to a, a cafe and the same group of people meet every morning for coffee. And one day somebody doesn't show up. They're like, oh, have you seen so-and-so? You know where they are. So yesterday it was it was Tom, who is you know part of the glue, and it's like, oh, I didn't get a notice from Tom today about the show. <laughs> like, you know where the website is? I think so. Is it is it robertphoenix.com? No, it's 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 not that one. It's this one. It's okay. Never underestimate your importance in the grand scheme of things, whoever you are. And that includes you, Tomas, 
Oh, I think that that's a, a ripple in the in the matrix. We'll let that ripple in the matrix be there. That was uh, that was double, and double kind of sneaks in a little bit on the yacht. Yeah, okay, you're on the yacht. I'm like the guy at the gate of Studio Fifty Four. Double, you're on the yacht. That song supposedly is the sequel to uh, Brandy, right? That's the captain who sees Brandy, loves Brandy. She serves him whiskey and wine. Uh, you know, he and Brandy are right, and then he leaves. He's a sailor. What sailors do, they get on their ships and they they leave. And then uh, that's the song from Brandy's perspective, the captain of her heart, right? She keeps waiting for him. So it's kind of plaintive and and uh, soulful, you know, has that kind of wailing, mourning clarinet. It sounds like a goose that's dying. You know that's the uh, that's the the nature of the tune. She couldn't wait another day for. Her. She just had to leave. She had to give it up. She had to go find a truck driver. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. You know what we have to do. We got to stop by the True Hemp Science page since they are a sponsor of the show. And if you're new, let me tell you about True Hemp Science. It is some of the best CBD I've ever had, and I've had quite a bit of CBD. My first experience with CBD was I was, I was vaping CBD. That was a trip. Um, but I stopped doing that. I didn't last very long with it. And it had an effect on me that was what I was looking for, which was kind of numbing. And I, I had known Chris for a long time. I, I knew Chris before he was the uh, head of True Hemp Science. And then he started sending me his products. I'm like, oh, check this out. Oh, this is cool. So he started to send me these little plastic straws with the hemp stuff in it and some of the early run test bottles. And he's got some, uh, he's got like an MMS product on there too. I'm like, man, this is, this is really good. So, you know, we, we've evolved our personal and professional relationship over time. Of course he came to the first event and uh, did a little uh, CBD social. And I've had some other CBD products along the way, some of which have been better than others. Chris is always really very good. And he's always tweaking. That's the thing. Not tweaking, like he's not always doing speed. No, he's always tweaking the formulas. He's always tweaking the product. He's like a mad scientist that is really trying to get to the desired effect and outcome of what his various blends are supposed to do. And they have a very specific purpose. Not all of them are the same. So you can find out more about that over on truehempscience.com backslash ref backslash 23. And if you get $100, 
of CBD products, you're going to get some more goodies thrown in. Once you're in there at the uh, link, triumscience.com backslash ref, that's R-E-F, backslash 23, just use 15 mins, one five mins, and uh, that gets you the goodies. That's the keys to the kingdom right there. All right. Speaking of uh, Chataria, let's see. Let's see who we have here today. Let's see who's in the in the clubhouse. All right. We have Empath. What's going on, Michael? Good to see you. Waiting on jet plane. Don't know when I'll take off. Oh, babe, not going to go. Yeah, I got some interesting info around the whole flight thing. I'm going to share with you guys. Um, what's going on, Double K, Catherine Kramer? Julie Sunshine says, strange day. I woke up with amnesia about yesterday and even had to relearn simple things like how to make YouTube work. Luckily, I remember how to find my special people here, though I never chat. I've seen you here before chatting. I'm here to remind you of that. It's like that movie Memento, which I have to say is kind of a great movie. What's going on? We got another Michael. We got a Michael sandwich. Well, not quite. If you, maybe it's a, a, a like a super stack deli sandwich with Michael, Kelly, Julie, and then Michael. Ryan, what's going on, Ryan? Good to see you. Uh, maybe. I believe Deep Yacht is a portal to higher dimensions. Thoughts? We're going. We are sailing on the sea of stars. There's my man, Tomas. What's going on, Thomas? There's the beautiful Wendy. See, look at this. TJ missed you yesterday. Love you. Robert, is that you? That is me. That is me. I said hello. Uh, let's see. Nish did a show with Randy. I like Randy. I hung out with Randy one time. That was fun. That was back when I was drinking. I had a lot of fun when I drank. Uh, let's see who else. Nicholas, what's going on, brother? The young wizard is here. He's going to go mountain bike riding. Right on. Go to it. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Uh, I was sailing on deep yacht. I love it, maybe. That's great. Michelle, Maria Mater. I like the title of today's show. You may like the title. You may not like what I have to say about it, but we'll get into it. Uh, but it's good information. Fantastic is here. Good morning, Fran. Good to see you. Let's see who else do we have. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. Never was here when the show started. You're on time. There's a new synchronization happening. Well, Equicentric is in the house. What's going on, Equa? There's my man, Maurice. What's happening, Maurice? Janine's here. Hi, Janine. Good to see you, as always. This is an old tune. Yes, double. The captain of the heart. No one does links like Tom. Tom is the link master. I'd agree with that. Sony's here. What's going on, Sony? 
Good to see. I think we are also uh, streaming on Rumble, by the way. If you're on Rumble, welcome as well. Obsolete Dutch yacht from middle low German yacht, short for yacht ship, literally hunting ship. I love it. Hucklebuck 411 coming in with the yacht trivia. Kelly B's here. It wouldn't be a show without Kelly B. Good to see you. Diatomaceous earth, we've been using it, trust me. We have been a full frontal asymmetric assault on the uh, the little vermin. Renee, good morning. I can severely use some sea salt and sand this morning. I hear you. What's going on, Chris and Steve? In the house. Empath, Prince Spaghetti Day. I remember that different time in my life. It's been a different time for everybody. Taze, oh, it's Daniel Lentz. Thank you. I don't know why I said Jamie. Thanks, Taze. Daniel Lentz, yes, dark journalist. Thanks for the correction. I said correct. By the way, I was also corrected about uh, Macron's height yesterday. He's more Micron. He's more Micron than Macron. He's 5'8". I thought it was taller. I think France likes small leaders. They have a. By the way, Napoleon wasn't as small as they they say he was. That apparently that was some kind of an English thing that they wanted to demean his manhood by making him smaller. I think Napoleon was probably average for the height of his time. Let's see, who else do we have here? JMP Love. What's going on, Jackie? Jacqueline? Birdie's here. The singer in the song looks like a little like that guy who's blowing up the spiritual side of YouTube lately. Who is that? Who's that guy? Kelly needs the sand in the sea so bad. I'm with you, Kelly. Steve's here. What's going on, Rocky? My gummies are in the mail. So excited. Get the fulvic minerals. Good. You, I'm glad you brought that up. I was dosing on the fulvics on Saturday and Sunday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Nashville. So Chris does have uh, fulvic minerals. Boy, you need that stuff. That's a whole other product line that he's got. Thanks for reminding me about that. Zatamon is here going morning full moon. Yeah, we got the Capricorn moon. Uh, Lilith Sun is here. What's going on? Good to see you. Welcome. Rue 9, there's my man. Mr. Robin, rockin' Robin. Let's see. Did you miss me last week? We always miss you when you're not here. Magnesium chloride, foot baths, put to the test. Let us know. Low-key, low-key. There's a way to experience cannabis for good. There's a way to indulge it stupidly. And even though I haven't tried Mr. Lynch's products, I'm a non-smoker 
non-vapor who proves for lung health. So low key, low key, you said something yesterday that I never, I never got to experience the blistering sibling rivalry. That's true. That is true. And, uh, you know, sometimes that can make people tougher, right? They can have a, a rivalry with one of their, uh, you know, one of their siblings. Well, he can do that. Well, I can do that. He can do that. Right. There, there is that. And I think there is an upside to that, by the way. However, I was also, as an only child, part of a very, very intimate and close triangulation of dysfunctionality. So when shit went off, it was just me, right? There was no other siblings to take the flack, right? Like, oh, he's getting it this time. I'm, I'm ducking out on this one. No. I was the oldest child, the middle child, and the youngest child when all that happened. And interestingly enough, my father did feel like a sibling. He felt like an older brother. And here's the kicker. So I, I had this stochastic reading a long time ago, and it was pretty fucking brilliant, I have to say. This is back in the 80s. And the, the woman that did it, I've talked about her, she was super, super... Um, eccentric. She was eccentric. She was kind of theatrical. She had a big ego. So she did these Akashic records. But then she also would do like these torch songs. So this woman that I knew who was actually pretty cool, her name was um, Sonora. And she was, she was uh, part, I think like Cherokee or some native indigenous affiliation and black. She was super cool. She was, I really like Sonora and she was studying to be like a shaman, right? I mean, she was working with all these people and knew all these people. She was super interesting. And she spent half the year in Guantanamo in Cuba cooking. That's how she made her money. So she'd go to, she'd go to Guantanamo on the base there and she would cook for half a year. And then she'd come home and the other half the year she would study to be a shaman. So she got, she got connected with this woman, Roberta Herzog, who has now since passed away. And that's how I got this Akashic reading. And it was one of those readings that kind of changed my life. And one of the things she said was that my father was my brother in a prior lifetime and that there was some weird thing about land. And he was like, he was like the oldest son. And I was like the youngest son. And, and he didn't uh, think I was very responsible. So he didn't give me very much land and I was pissed off. And uh, we kind of uh, went our separate ways. And he did it because he, he thought I was an irresponsible younger brother. And that was one of the things my father was always harping on me about was responsibility. You think that that's what most fathers and sons have to go through, but there are some, there are some kids, some sons who are responsible and I was responsible enough, but not responsible enough, if you know what I mean. So that, that older brother thing definitely came through. It was a good reading, but that, but she also did this torch song thing. And this woman, Sonora, rented out 
this uh, space called the Bach Dynamite Dance Society, which is a whole other story. I used to go see great jazz there. So they rented that place out and she sang these torch songs the whole night. And she had somebody on piano accompanying her. And it, it was kind of weird. I mean, she was good. Don't get me wrong. If you like that sort of thing, I wouldn't call it Yacht Rock, even though it was right there on the uh, Half Moon Bay Coast. So being an only child and not having a blistering sibling rivalry has its upside and its downside, just like anything in life. An upside and a downside. Uh, let's see. Maurice says, I have one for you all. Apparently, yesterday on CNN, John Bolton said, as someone who's helped plan coups, coup d'etats, not here but other places, it takes a lot of work. So I think uh, Bolton was saying that uh, he knows what a coup is, and that was no coup. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Tondar is here. Speaking of Macron, I too have Pluto dancing across my ascendant at 27 cap. Well, you became a father or maybe you were already a father, but now you have another child. That's a big transformation. I don't know where you are. Like when I, I remember when, uh, my, my one and only child got to keep it in the family was born i remember when my at that time my wife was pregnant i kept remembering this uh this interview with bill moyers and joseph campbell and joseph campbell kept telling bill moyers at least in my head he kept telling bill moyers when you have a when you have a child you die you experience a death and th that kept going on in my head i'm like oh fuck okay i know what he's talking about i understand it i get it here it comes. I didn't have Pluto on my ascendant. I was going through Saturn Saturn opposition. Uh, I wouldn't brag about that if I was Bolton. Uh, he's he's untouchable. He is untouchable. Oh, Ismael Perez. Oh, yes. Ismael Perez, he's the channeler. He's the guy that's channeled everything. People said, can you get him on the show? Maybe I'll get Ismael Perez and Archaics on at the same time. Wouldn't that be something to get both of them on? Because you've got to have Jason on. You have to have Jason on. Get Jason on. You have, you have to get Ismael Perez on. What if I had them both on at the same I'd fucking break the internet. I'd break the fucking internet if I did that. I might do that. Uh, they sounded more like a sheep. Than a goat, Capricorn, Moon, Robert. Well, I tell you what, I did my best. Let's see, you were missed, of course. Uh, who else do we have? Sibling rivalry can be traumatic. You know what else I have to say about siblings? Because I've seen siblings in action on my mother's side and my father's side. I wouldn't want them unless they were really fucking cool, and you don't get a choice. Like my, my father had nothing in common with his half brother and half sister. Now you can say it's a half, I get it, but there's the other half that they share in common Yeah, nothing in common with them. And frankly, I wouldn't want to hang out with them. And on my mother's side, I mean, it's the same deal, messy situation, weird shit, 
people not talking to each other. Like who the fuck wants that? Right. I mean, and I'm not saying that there are some siblings that are great and they get on well and they are productive and they start businesses and you know what I'm saying? And then there's others that are like, how the fuck did I get related to you? Why are you here? I took my chances flying solo and I'm all right with it. Um, does cousin rivalry count? Maybe, I don't know. Um, all my cousins were younger than me. So I never even, I never had, I was an outlier. I was an outlier. Um, I did have a fucking challenging childhood, man. It was intense. Let me tell you. Does anyone prefer camel toe over a Biden? God. In my world, it would be like, well, what do you like better? Tomatoes or cucumbers? And I don't like either. That's like, yeah. Like if somebody put a gun to my head and said, you have to eat one or the other, a full tomato or a full cucumber, I'd probably go with the cucumber. I don't like cucumbers. They're too invasive. Black sheep here, probably most of Ch Chattaria is. Abusive family dynamics yield an early harsh awakening to how things work. That's true, Cremo. I'd agree with that. My new haircut makes me look even younger. Oh, well, thank you. Um, let's see. Anybody else? Am I leaving anybody else out so we can get on? For the shoe, the really big shoe, Ismail is doing interviews daily. Yeah, I think I'll bring him, I'll bring him and Archaics on the same show. That'd be interesting. See if the see how those two worlds connect. Can you verify any of this? Do your channels verify any of the uh, Tartarian stuff? Chiron in the third and my and man oh man, my siblings have been the keys to my growth in good and bad ways. See, I have Chiron in the third as well, but it's in Aquarius. So my siblings are you. You're my siblings. Uh, let's see. I didn't absolutely say you didn't experience some simple, simple, but I've noticed some patterns of some only child kids going out of their way to interact and befriend attention. Yeah, it's part of the, it's, it's what happens, right? I mean, but the, the other thing, so it is not as cut and dry. Um, It's not, it's not, it's not as cut and dry as you think. Because as an only child, I didn't have like a Jew cleaver kind of mom that was waiting for me at home, right? Like, oh, hi, sweetie. How was your day? Uh, well, no, no, I didn't have that. 
So I was a latchkey kid, which meant that I spent a lot of time alone. So, yeah, I mean, you're kind of, the, you know, the, the center thing, but you're also got this whole other like loan, loan thing going on. I don't know. I can't, I, yeah, it, it's a, it's a weird dynamic and I liked it. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I liked being alone. I liked getting on my bike and riding across town or I would get up uh, when I was a freshman in high school. I've told this story before we had, we had double session, which is a bad idea by the way, because I got in a lot of trouble. I didn't get in trouble, get in trouble, like getting written up or, but I did things and I got in trouble without getting caught but I'd get up early in the morning and I'd catch the uh, Santa Clara County transit also known as San trans. And I would take the bus all the way to downtown San Jose and wait for the record store to open. This place called underground records, 10 o'clock in the morning, it would open and I'd get there probably around nine 40, something like that based on the bus schedule. I'd go to the market, the CD market across the street. And I start looking at, you know, cream magazine or circus magazine. I start thumbing through there looking at that shit. Then it would open and then I'd go in and I'd buy some records and I'd get on the bus. I'd come back to my place all the way across town and I'd go to school. And I, I, I did that a lot. And there's no, <laughs> there's no attention in that, but for full disclosure, I got a 10th house son. I got three planets in the 11th house and in the, in the, um, uh, cards of life on the two of clubs, which is the conversation card. So just add it all up and you get what you get you see what you get. All right. Let's, um, let's talk about the travel stuff. So I ran across this little bit of information. And it has to do with what's going on with flying. Delays, cancellations. By the way, if you want to avoid delays and cancellations, fly Southwest Airlines. The, the, most of the planes that get delayed or canceled are American, Delta, and United. They're the uh, usual suspects. Southwest. I think Southwest had a different policy with vaccinating their pilots, which is what I'm going to talk about. Like they, I think if I'm not mistaken, fairly early on, they, they, they backed off of that. I could be wrong, but they backed off of it. So what's happening now is they've got issues with pilots. It's not the ground crew. It's not the baggage handlers, which is part of the ground crew, but that doesn't specifically make up the, the, the bulk of the ground crew. Um, it's not the people who are taking your ticket and checking you in. It's not them. It's not even the flight attendants because the word in the street is, well, there's not enough. There, another... Uh, story about this that it has to do with fuel like planes only want to fly now when they have a fully booked flight because they don't want to pay for expensive fuel 
that might factor into some of it. But what it really has to do with is the pilots because the pilots were forced to get vaccinated. They were, with the exception, again, I believe of Southwest, there was some latitude in there. So what you're dealing with is you're dealing with a shortage of pilots and the bigger issue is insurance. Let me read, let me read you this. This is from somebody that's in the industry. Manufactured lockdown incoming. There's going to be a standstill in travel in the coming months. It's the type of lockdown that the powers that be can be absolved of responsibility, even though they directly caused it. My agency has been paying large sums of money to certain journalists from reputable publications to shelf stories involving aviation insurance companies. So this is a company, this guy works for a company that controls the spin. They're controlling the spin. We have also been scrubbing and shutting down damaging info on pilot union groups on social media platforms. So this is a deep insider that is actually doing these things. A lot of pilots in the U.S., Canada, and some EU got mandatory vaccines last year. Around this time, mid-2021, there has been a cover-up on the amount of pilots who've had medical emergencies in the cockpit due to these poison vaccines and boosters. No airline will admit to this publicly. These insurance cover plans have to be renewed each year. Insurance companies are refusing to insure these pilots that got jabbed and boosted as it's a priority one liability risk. Meaning, I guess if they have a hierarchy, one being the highest priority, maybe five being low priority, this is number one. It's not baggage handlers, staff shortages, catering delays or refueling delays. You're being lied to. This will peak around summer's end towards Thanksgiving. It will be biblical. The commercial jet passenger uh, about to fall, fall out of the sky shortly is not a mechanical malfunction. All right. So as we've seen with everything with the jib jab, it's that it's all been part of a controlled demolition. Like they've used this thing to number one, shut down the economy, uh, re-engineer people's brains, emotions, psychology, create a culture of fear, divide and conquer. You have the whole, the whole, uh, Mask psychology as well. I mean, it's deep, man. This is this is one of the deepest psychological operations ever. This makes 9-11 look like a high school prank. That that's how deep, widespread, and ubiquitous this this has been. It's done huge amounts of damage. Businesses have not recovered. They've used it, of course, to launder shit tons of money to all these corporations and all these corporate toadies. 
very small businesses, restaurants took it on the chin. And then you had a group of people who stopped working. And they're like, I'm good with that. And look, I'm not here to defend the value of work as some kind of wage slave. Some things have to be done. And the idea is, like, if you take a job that theoretically is, like, beneath you, and we've all done it. Well, I think we've all done it. There is an idea that that would be like a step, right? Like, okay, well, I got to get a better job or I've got to get something that pays better so I can learn a skill that allows me to do something that I love and appreciate and can, you know, help somebody with or myself, whatever, right? Like under those conditions, you could take those jobs because you knew that they were just a, a step on a, on a, on a, on a, uh, on a pyramid that you were literally, you know, climbing and that at some point you would get to a place where you're like, okay, this is the, this is a place now. And I can, I can make money here. I can enjoy what I do. I paid my dues. You appreciate where you are. You put a lot of hard work and effort into it. I mean, this is theoretically how it worked. That's not happening now. Right. So if you take a job, let's say, for instance, at a Starbucks, which, by the way, I think they just closed five of them in Seattle, the home of Starbucks. Why? Because they've become cesspools. Starbucks have become places where people nod off in the toilet. They hang out there forever. They hassle the customers. I haven't gone to a Starbucks in years for a number of different reasons. But... um. I mean, you would do that, right? You would get a gig at a Starbucks. Who knows? Maybe you liked it. Maybe you're into management. You became an assistant manager, and then you became a manager. And you were really into it. You bought into the whole fill-in-the-blank, Starbucks, Olive Garden, whatever, right? You like it. I'm like, well, we're going to promote you. You're good at what you do. You take your job seriously. Next thing you know, you're a regional manager. You're making a pretty good salary. You're... You know, talk to Maury. Maury was part of that. You know, Maury started working at at Seven uh, Eleven. I'm not, and he started doing books, right? So Maury is part of that story. So so having the McJob at a certain point in time was not always a bad thing because there was always the potential to go vertical, right? The, the verticality is like shut down. It's so now you got a bunch of people that well, I got to make job and where's it leading me. That's not to say that you can still have a make job and use it for some degree of self-improvement or, you know, but the way that inflation is skyrocketing, I think it's what at 9.1% now it's crazy. Even a McJob, you're going to need to work two or three McJobs just to, you know, and that started to happen back in like the late 90s and the 2000s. You know, all of a sudden people having to work two jobs, three jobs. And so this idea of, of work, is, it's not a bad thing if it's leading towards something that gives you a feeling that you're, you're improving your lot in life. If you're not, then it's it can be very very depressing 
the word desultory comes to mind. So we have, we have, you know, we have, we have a bit of an issue here you know, because they shut down these jobs. And, and once people didn't work and started to get a little bit of a hand, I'd like, oh, well, I kind of like this. What else can I do? How else can I not work? And so there's, there is a work crisis. That's only been part of it. So that's part of the shutdown. And they have all these other manufactured shortages, manufactured crises to just shut things down. Whether it's fuel, whether it's baby formula, whether it's fertilizer, fill in the blanks. They just, they, this is where we are. Uranus in Taurus is shut down. It is de-evolutionary. Speaking of Taurus, those, those farmers in Holland, that is Mars and Taurus. They're fighting back. And guess what they're fighting back with? They're fighting back with their tractors. I saw them dumping like massive, massive bales of hay on highways. They're using um, basically liquid shit, cannons of liquid shit, fertilizer. That is a Mars and Taurus conflict right there. I love it. I love it when the astrology works out like this. It's like, oh, yeah, look at that. Farm machinery, hay, fertilizer cannons. Those are, those are uh, warriors of Gaia right there. I love it. And that guy, Mark Root, he's a lion sack of shit. Have you ever seen the video of the kid that catches him in a lie? I'm going to try and find it. Let me see if I can find it. It's fucking hilarious. I've played it. I, I know I've played it before. By the way, I was thinking about the Ten Commandments thing, like that scene. I was like, what does it remind me of? It, it reminds me of Burning Man in some ways. Let me see if I can find this thing. The algos on uh, YouTube totally suck. Totally suck. So I do this. I'm freewheeling now. All right, I'm going to have to, uh, for the sake of uh, brevity and flow, I'm going to have to shelve this. Let me just see. Hold on a second. Now, I, I get stuck on these things sometimes. And I feel like I need to find them. And there's a way that I can go back. Oh, here we go. I wanted to show you this. This was a part of my... Here, let me, let me not get too far afield. I found this. This relates to exactly what I'm talking about with the travel stuff. London's Heathrow Airport is capping daily passenger numbers for the summer. 
I'm telling airlines to stop selling tickets as it steps up efforts to quell travel chaos caused by demand and staff shortages. So this is how they're spinning this. This is an AP story. And what did I just, what did I just tell you? There's a guy who's an insider whose job is to promote these stories and squash other stories. So it's starting now. It's happening. They're going to shut this shit down. So you know what that means? That means if you're going to come to the event that uh, you need to get a ticket and then you need to come in on Southwest Airlines if you're flying. If you're not flying, figure out a way to drive with somebody. Share the gas. That, that can be very helpful if you're driving. And you can always go to the Telegram page, 11th House Astrology with Robert Phoenix, and start talking to people. Who's going, who's not going, how are you getting there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I wanted to show you that AP thing because it's, it's, it's happening. Get your travel in now. Because I could see where come Thanksgiving, come Christmas, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a clusterfuck. People are not going to be able to travel. Now, who knows? Maybe these insurance companies will change their policy around their policies. I don't know. But my sense is that they're, they're shutting it down. All right. Um, but it's not, not the only thing. I mean, they're even shutting down people. People are being shut down. The light in people's eyes are being dimmed. So a story related to that, let me see if I can show you the uh, video, reference video. I'm going to show you the video. You guys remember this video. It says they were accosted. They were not accosted. I'll play the video for it. It's the only one we have. At least right now. Journal. Sponsored by Michael Gons Hotel, Casino and Spa. Good morning, I'm Renee Summerauer coming to Holy the Moses. Review Journal Studio. Video obtained by the Review Journal Sunday night, February 27th, shows Nevada Governor Steve Sisolak and First Lady Kathy Sisolak being accosted by at least two men at a Las Vegas restaurant. As of Monday morning, the Review Journal has not been able to confirm the date and time of the incident. It appears to have happened at the Lindo Michoacan restaurant on West Flamingo Road. Here's the full one minute long video showing the incident. Right? That's amazing. I can't tell you what a piece of you are. Sorry to hear that. You New World Order traitor piece of. 
You're in here without security? Woo! Yeah, you piece of I'm surprised you have the balls to be out here in public, punk. Out here without a cop, out here without security? Woo! You got balls on you, boy. I'm not moving. Where can we find all the money that flows this way? Oh, man. Yeah, hiding the hydroxy. Oh, you in trouble. Let's go. Yeah, you better get the out of here, Sisselak. Where's your security at, huh? Huh? Where's your, don't touch me, lady. Where's your security at? Huh? You want to sell us all down the river? You working for China, piece you traitors, you, we should string you up by lamppost right now, boy. Do you know what they do to traitors? They hang them. That's right, Patriot. I think it's awesome. You running into a Patriot now, huh? Huh? Where's your security at? You just watched the video of Governor Steve Sisolak and his wife being accosted by... They were not accosted. They were not, they were not accosted. They, they got, they got the big busty purple burrito here telling you that they were accosted. They were not accosted. Anyway, I showed you that video because the guy that was calling him out committed suicide yesterday. And I think he had a, a, a YouTube show called Cannabis Arms. I think, isn't that what it was called? And I saw him do one interview with uh, Clay Clark who I'm not a huge fan of, but um, I saw I saw him call Clay Clark out. And I think he could have, I think he did a pretty good job. Could have done a little better job. That's just me. He left a few questions on the table. Um, but apparently he put a gun to his head and killed himself. Now, of course, I go to the place where, well, Steve Sisolak's a crime boss and maybe called a favor in and blah, blah, blah. That was my initial reaction. But apparently his girlfriend confirmed that he took his own life. So sometimes it does happen. And why am I talking about this? Did the light go out in his eyes? Did 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 the shutdown impact him on a personal level to the point where he just you know pulled the curtains? Hard to say. The dude was edgy. That's for damn sure. He was definitely edgy. And there is. There's an upside to burning hot, but you could only burn hot for a brief period of time. Then you burn out. So this is what happens when you're on the edge. You're, you're, you're lit. You're illuminated. I'll use that term from within with a sense of urgency, excuse me, urgency, outrage, righteous anger, but that's going to burn out. You're going to, you're going to extinguish that, that, that fire will get extinguished at some point for whatever reasons. It could be the fact that you just physically cannot handle the strain, the stress, the schedule, the toll, everything that it takes on 
your body, unless there's some form of resolution, right? It's a fight or flight syndrome. That's really what it is. So if you're in fight mode, the fight has to be resolved at some point. It has to be resolved. If it's not resolved and you're still in fight mode and it's not resolved, then your energy is going to be off. Your cortisol is going to be off. Your adrenal is going to be shot. I mean, you're, you're, and psychologically, you're going to go into a dark place. And I don't know. I don't know what happened to this guy. That could have happened. We, we live in a really, really weird world. And the technology is a whole nother layer to this. Like he could be having voices in his head, voice to skull shit. He could be targeted. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into who we are and how we evolve or de-evolve now. But one thing is for certain, that guy burned hot. And unless you have a resolution, you're going to burn out. And maybe that was part of it. I don't know. I don't know what was going on in his life. I think he was a pretty heavy cannabis user. I think he was a big, I think he was a CBD guy too. But I think he was a can cannabis user. And by the way, I am not, I'm not really pro-cannabis. For medicinal, like if you have cancer or something and you need to have it, go for it. I've gotten into a lot of, a lot of debates around this because there are a lot of pro-cannabis people. And if, if, if we're going to have Soma become legal, I think you should just be able to grow it. You know, not turn it into an RJ Reynolds enterprise and not have kids get a hold of it. I think it's really dangerous for, for kids. And a lot of these kids you know, in places like Cabrini Green in Chicago, like they're getting high at about the age of six, seven, eight. They're smoking incredibly intense industrial grade genetically modified cannabis. And then they're listening to sonically enhanced mumble rap. What do you think that does to a kid's brain? And in an environment that's already a battlefield, they are not going to evolve in a particular way. I'm just saying. So I, I think the ubiquity of it is not the best thing. Grow it, fine. Have four or five plants, whatever. Personal use, whatever. Commercialization, not good. Normalization, not good. To that effect, decriminalize it. Don't make it, don't make it um, a drug that you go to jail for especially if you can grow four, five, six plants, whatever. I don't know what the number would be. That's just my piece around it because I think it does serve a function. I think it can be helpful. It can be useful, but like anything else, you use it too much. Now, I do know some people, one who's probably listening to the show right now, who use it on a regular basis and can function. There are some people who can do that. I'm not one of them. I tried in my late teens. I tried I, every day. I, I get up in the morning, wake and bake. And at some point I realized that I was not really functioning well. 
there were certain things I enjoyed, but um, putting forth my best effort was not one of them. Unless it was tinged with some kind of rebellion. Anyway, that's just my own personal piece. But I played that because the light went out. Somehow, some way. Whether it was that he burned too hot and you know the candle just went out or whether things were not resolving themselves or you know third party apps were getting into his head who the fuck knows these are stressful times these are the times that test people in very significant ways and none of us are above including yours truly so the upside is that if you can pass some of these tests, you get to level up. You get to go to another level, right? You get to, okay, well, gee, look what happened. I avoided this. I said yes to this, no to this, and my life got better. The challenge now, here's the big challenge. The challenge now is when your life gets better and somebody else's life doesn't. That's a big challenge. And I think we've all we've all experienced this to one degree or another. So what happens when you're a success and the people around you are not moving forward? They're kind of in a holding pattern or in some cases moving backwards. That's a big challenge. And you know who has the biggest challenge around that is the black community. They have a big challenge around that. Because when somebody is successful in the black community, what happens? They make money. They move. Where do they move? They move to, you know, an area that is probably occupied by a lot less black people. They don't, they don't take their money and stay in, stay in the hood. That doesn't happen. So there's this huge, huge disconnect in that community. And I'm not saying for everybody, because I know there are very successful so-called black people that make sure that they have like, you know, a two-way connection with where they came from and where, and where they are. It happens. But that's a, that, is, that is a culture where if you experience success, it's, there can be a lot of enmity and animosity around your success. And then you get to, you get to hear the word sellout and you know all this other stuff that goes along with it. Or Uncle Tom, it's a that's a it's a conflict and a dynamic that people have to deal with in general. And some communities have a harder time with it than others. I've I've I see I've seen it. Now again, this is this is no slight here. This is an observation, just an observation. All right. When you travel, you get to see people, different people, and especially in airport situations, other places, right? On the planes, waiting for the baggage. It is a wide swath of humanity. And I noticed, just to notice, that if there were 10 so-called black people lined up in that environment, I'd say six to seven would be wearing masks. 
And I thought to myself, what is going on here? I was, I was actually very surprised. And I, I remember seeing this couple and they were waiting for their, for their bags and they were masked up. I'm like, why are you masked up? And, and I can't help but think of this whole idea, whether there is a, like a textbook version of it or not with slavery. And that the mask to me represents like you are owned. You're owned by big pharma. You're owned by the CDC. You're owned by the who you're owned by the petty bureaucrat in your County or your town who is telling the mayor to make you wear a mask. To me, that's what it represents. And honestly, like I was kind of shocked. That's not to say that there weren't people from other races that were, were wearing masks. Don't get me wrong. But it was the percentage. It was kind of disproportionate. Like, who knows? Maybe we're, we're dealing with a, a numbers game. You know, I don't, I don't want to play Jordan Peterson here and get into the numbers stuff. But it was just weird that, that, that this was happening. And even when we were... Uh, In Nashville, we're, we're, we're in Uber. I think we had one gal who was a driver and she was wearing a mask. Happened to be black. She was nice. Her car smelled like weed, by the way. So I'm connecting the two stories together. Uh, that's kind of, kind of odd, right? I'm like, man, that car reeked. But she was playing gospel playing gospel music, wearing a mask, and the car read. Go figure. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it's called Cannabis Arms. It's got a bunch of videos on YouTube. Gone. Light went out. All right. Let me talk about something that's a little more lighthearted. Oh, by the way, have you guys voted for our friend, Lisa, who's going to be coming to the event this week? Or not this week, I'm sorry. In October, did you vote for her this week? Opening act right there. You can toss her a few votes. She's a singer, actress, uh, occasional Chatarian. Throw her a vote or two if you can. See if she can get to the next round. Okay, let me show you something here. So you guys know that I, I get into uh, documentaries and Strange stuff, right? Ephemera, weird stories. So I saw this 25-minute documentary on Adam West yesterday. Do you guys know Adam West, Batman? 
Let me see if I can just give you the synopsis of Adam West's life. Was born in a Swedish hospital in Seattle. Uh, I believe his father was Swedish and his mother was not. And his mother was like some kind of beauty queen, like, like, like Miss Rodeo in Oregon. She, she took piano lessons, sang, uh, tried to become a star. They went to LA. Um, you know, she was kind of working the circuit, you know, trying to become famous. She had some talent. She was good looking. Then she got pregnant with Adam West. And then I think she got, he has a younger brother. So then they moved back to Washington, Walla Walla. And famous people would come through there. Like uh, Alan Ladd would come through there, have dinner. Um, Nelson Eddy would come through there. So it was, it was kind of like LA came to Walla. So Adam, Adam West, which is not his real name, by the way. But he was around stars for a while growing up but then his mom got really weird and basically said you're the reason why i'm not famous because i had to have you and she and she held that against him she was really bitter towards him she didn't like her little podunk life his father sounded like he was a, a good dude so he comes home one day and he's around 10 years old and he and he finds the the priest banging his mom at the house and he's, and he's being told not to tell anybody. Don't tell anyone. You can't let anybody know, right? The priest is telling him this. And so is his mother. So I don't even think he tells his father. So eventually his mother leaves him. Well, actually she leaves his father and marries some dude with money, big money. And they live in a big house it almost looks Tartarian. And that's, you know, things start to get weird. He spends more time with his father, starts to ride horses. His father has a ranch. And long story short, he eventually migrates to Hollywood. It's a long, circuitous journey for Adam West, starting with radio. He has a radio voice. And apparently his big break came on a, a kid's TV show in um, – in Hawaii, kids morning TV show in Hawaii. Then some guy saw him there. So you should come to LA and do a screen test. And so he did a screen test. And eventually he becomes Batman, which I'm going to talk about. But there is a commercial that he did. Now he'd been doing TV. He was on a number of Westerns. He was on a TV series called The Detectives. I think they did. 35 episodes or something like that. He had a movie break where he was in the young Philadelphians with Paul Newman. So he was making a living uh, being an actor, but it was this one commercial that got him the Batman role. And I'm going to tell you an interesting Batman story here. Okay, let me go back to this.
So this commercial was taking place, I think, in 1965. And the whole spy thing was really big. Everything was spy this, spy that, spy this, spy that. I think that had a lot to do with Neptune and Scorpio. Lots of secrets, lots of intel, MK Ultra, all the stuff that, that goes along with that whole kind of scorpionic world. Neptune being film. So it was permeating the culture. And he plays a character in this Nestle Quick commercial called Captain Q. So I'm going to play the commercial. So here we go. We got a guy right off the bat. He's got uh, a monocle. Obviously, he looks German. He's got the yeah, Heil Hitler kind of thing, but not quite. What do they call it? Volting? It's Volting, right? So let me play the commercial. It's on a ship. You can tell. It's nautical. Here we go. I see automation displaces labor in your organization too, Dr. Slaughter. I see automation displaces labor in your organization too. Now, is that a fucking line or what? I see automation displaces labor in your organization too. All right, I'm going to shut up now. Ah, Captain Q, join me in a glass of delicious chocolate quick, won't you? Thank you, Doctor. I could use some energy. Incidentally, one of those torpedoes you fired at me was circling and... You're sunk. Toodaloo, Captain Q! Some people will do anything to get rich, quick. Toodaloo. <laughs> so that was the commercial that broke that the uh what's his name william dozier who is the creator of batman saw that commercial he's like he's perfect he's you know got a square jaw he's athletic he's not taking himself too seriously and um he can deliver a line so that commercial as Captain Q. By the way, he's kind of rocking the yacht look, isn't he? I'm just saying. If I'm needing confirmation there. So um, he gets the, he gets the audition for Batman, and it's him and this other guy, Lyle Wagner, who would wind up being like this good-looking Hollywood straight man and have a very long run on the Carol Burnett show. So there, there's outtakes from the rehearsals. And you can see Lyle Wagner and Adam West doing the same scenes. And Adam West is actually better than Lyle Wagner to get the role. There was a third guy who supposedly was up for the Batman role, but he was in Europe making a movie. And... um the scuttlebutt was that it was Clint Eastwood. I could just, I just couldn't see Clint Eastwood as Batman. No. Thank God he didn't get the role. Because Adam West was great as Batman. 
So anyway, eventually he winds up, he was married. He had two kids. He'd met this woman in Hawaii. He's going back and forth from Hawaii to LA and shooting the show and everything. And eventually she leaves him. So he's depressed. He's drinking, kind of comes out of that a little bit. And then Batman starts to swing. Batman starts to swing. Let me t- let me show you this. This is funny as hell. I'm not going to show you swinging. Don't worry about that. So the story goes that there would be groupies at the lot. Like he, you know, he'd leave the lot after shooting for the day in a car and they'd be waiting out there, throngs of them. Also in the morning as well. And so he'd roll down his window and talk to him. And sometimes they'd say something to him and whisper in his ear and right. And they all, they basically were making it known that they wanted to bang him and he kind of wasn't biting. But then at some point, temptation sets in. So he starts to set up these rendezvous in his, uh, in his trailer on the lot. So they show up and he finds out quickly that they don't want to have sex with Adam West. They want to have sex with Batman. So he has to keep the suit on. It's a whole cosplay thing. Like I, I think Adam West and Batman are the, are the genesis of cosplay. Like they, these women have this fantasy that they, they want to be fucked by Batman. And so he, he obliges their fantasy. He said, but the suit was very hot. So he had to get it over fairly quickly. Hopefully it was. Could you imagine that? Like, you know, walk away. I just got fucked by Batman. You tell your friends. Like, like, like there's some kind of competition. Well, guess who I slept with last week? Who? Ricky Nelson's drummer. Oh, really? Guess who I slept with last week? Who? Batman. You mean Adam West? No, I mean Batman. <laughs> so then he got really good at it. Like he would schedule like eight, eight women throughout the day at his trailer. Because they start to show up unannounced. He didn't want that was leading to complications. And then he gets caught up in the swinging scene in LA. And one night these women take him and Frank Gorshin, the Riddler to an orgy. I swear to God, this is part of the story. And then the people at the orgy were like, Oh, Hey, we got Batman and the Riddler here. Can you guys like, so they knew lines and stuff from the show and they started acting out some of their lines. And people thought it was kind of funny. But then they wanted to get on with the business of the night, which was, you know, eyes wide shut. They were not costumed up, by the way. That's that's my my sense. But then the people at the uh, 
at the orgy got pissed off because they wanted, they wanted to get busy. So they kicked him out. You guys got to leave. So then they said, all right, who wants to come with us? We're going to go do our own thing. So they took off with uh, four girls or four women. Took the party back to the crib. So who knew, right? Batman, the originator of cosplay. Because if you think about it, the only other guy that was in a costume was was George Reeves. And I think he might have been gay. George Reeves might have been gay. Anyway, the weird thing about Adam West is that when he was in high school, he was actually voted as the student who looked the most like George Reeves. Of course, George Reeves being Superman. Like he had that, you know, you get these high school honors. He had that honor bestowed upon him. So he winds up becoming Batman. Like that's kind of weird. Don't you think? I think it's in, in, in the synchromistic world, it's kind of weird. Batman fell on hard times in the seventies, boy, let me tell you. He almost became like a circus geek. He talks about how at one, he, he had actually, he was actually like ringmaster at these circuses because nobody would hire him. He was kryptonite using a Superman terminology. He was kryptonite. And it got so bad that at one circus, he actually agreed to be shot out of a cannon, which they did. They shot fucking Batman Adam West out of a cannon. He's like, enough, I'm not doing this. And then eventually the 80s come around and that's when the whole Comic-Con thing starts to pick up and he becomes more in demand, more in demand, more in demand. And eventually the, the 90s and the 2000s were really good for Adam West. Lots of voiceovers. He had a regular spot on Family Guy. He was, he was Mayor Adam West. He was like 118 episodes or some shit like that. He had a good endgame. He had a really he had, he had a tough he had a tough middle there for a while, but he had a good endgame. And uh, we should all aspire to have a good endgame, as as best as we can. Cosplay. Oh, no, no, no. Can you put on the suit, please? You're just so handsome when you put the suit on. But is there a way that you can kind of leave the middle part open? So I can ride the bat pole? Ooh, is the bat pole around here? Where is that bat pole? Can I see you come down the bat pole? I remember when I was uh, in uh, kindergarten, I had this little little classmate. He said, my daddy's Batman. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, he's Batman. I'm like, can you tell me then how the fuck he climbs up those walls? Special suction cups. Oh, you mean it's not that they're actually filming it sideways? My daddy's Batman. <laughs> What's that about? Do you think maybe at some point she had a Batman? Later on in life, cosplay fantasy. As a superhero, I kind of liked Batman. He was not my go-to, though. You know, when I was a kid and you went to the comic rack, there was a hierarchy. 
Batman was kind of lower on my hierarchy. He wasn't as low as Jonah Hex or the adventures of Jimmy Olsen. They were pretty low. Or Sergeant Rock, pretty low. But definitely lower than Iron Man or Captain America or the X-Men or the mutants. I would say Batman and Daredevil were kind of right there. Daredevil was kind of dark for me. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't care for day. There was always something too dark and brooding about there. He was like blind Batman. Okay. Do we have anything else that we want to get into today? The whole cosplay thing is weird. And I, I really do think it started with Batman, Adam West. Who knows? Maybe it goes much further back. Much, much further back. Like, you know, back when people were sitting around, you know, the campfire and some guy was wearing a bull's head or whatever. And, you know, some woman was like, oh, my God, I got to get with the bull. Maybe that was the origination of cosplay. But in this timeline, it's Batman. All right, let me see. Is there anything else here that we need to go over before we get on out of here? 10.2%. Uh, I was wrong about inflation. It's gone up. It's 10.2%. Uh, let's see. The COVID stuff is starting to come back. The mass stuff is starting to come back. Silver is dropping. If you want to get in on some silver, I think it's probably a pretty good time. Uh, let's see. Oh, I wanted to see this. Here, let me see if I can. I, I did save this, didn't I? Biden is in Israel. And apparently he's quite confused. Let's just take a quick look at this and we'll get out of here. Uh, I don't even know who's in charge in Israel right now. That whole thing is... Naftali Bennett is no longer in charge. I didn't know he's in charge of Israel. All right, let's watch this here. This is a Biden supposedly in Israel, and he's completely and utterly confused. Imagine that. What am I doing now? Okay, so he looks blind. That's the other thing here. Watch him. He he's he can't see. They're they're actually pointing to where he needs to be. What am I doing now? Maybe it's because the sun is so bright. Who the fuck knows? Where everybody else can see well enough, right? Look at him. He's it's like he's legally blind here. Okay, I got to decline that for now. Um, I got interrupted here. Hold on. 
Could you imagine the level of manipulation that whoever this character is? Could you imagine the level of manipulation that could go on in Israel with him? Like, it's next level shit. It's totally, totally next level shit. This is going to be an interesting uh, trip to watch. And not only watch, but the, the repercussions of the trip itself. Because Biden is in trouble. This whole Hunter thing is not going away. It's probably a DOD leak. A leak. You know, they're connected to 4chan. Somebody wants him out. Maybe it's Harris. Like, they're, they're marching him out. And I said Harris will be president by the end of the year. It's in her chart. Okay. I'll stand by it. I'll sit by it. Stance it. I'll own it. All right. Use your head in order to discern what's real. Your heart to stay open what's possible. And if uh, your life gets a little dull, put on a Batman suit or a cat girl suit. Get crazy. All right. I'll be back tomorrow. Take good care. Uh, stay blessed. And um, we are our brother's keepers. Bye for now.